Hello and welcome to FNG1, the new guy's guide to Formula One and the world of motorsport. I am your co-host Chuck and with me as always is Sean. What's up everyone? And we are joining y'all after the Hungarian Grand Prix, the Hungarian uh, Demolition Derby. That, For some, yeah. That broke out in the middle of a Formula One race. Not in the middle. At Not the, in the very middle. beginning. <laughs> like the intro to the whole thing was Demolition Derby. I would like to state my position <laughs> right at the outset here, which is... Uh-huh. And I apologize, we've gotten some comments about the language on this show before. It is what it is. If, you, if you've stayed with us this long, I assume you're going to be okay with me saying, fuck Botas. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, and Mercedes as a larger entity, but specifically this weekend, him. Well, Mercedes did try to throw you a bone a little bit there, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, did yeah. they? Well, we we can get to I would love them, to hear what that is. Them being idiots here in a moment. But, yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was watching that and I was like, ooh, delicious. Leclerc's gonna have a great shot, and then out of nowhere, blah stroll. <laughs> yeah. Wow. By the way, I was gonna get to the stroll Leclerc thing, but since you brought it up on the replay, if there's no halo there, he could have killed Leclerc. That's probably the second or third time Leclerc has been saved by the halo because i think his first season in alpha a car went airborne and hit him across the halo and they had the mark of the tire like where his face was the tire the front left tire of stroll's car hit the halo like what is that 14 inches from the side of his head at the most it's even that far yeah i i watched it again and it's that's horrifying the halo being a controversy when it was introduced is, is now absolute baffling. nonsense because you don't even like it's part of the car design and it has paid off so many times. And um, uh, I'm going to take a weird stance here. I think it looks cool. I actually like it. Yeah. It, it makes the cars look very space age like they were made yeah. by aliens. Yeah. Who did not understand our penchant for trying to uh crush our own skulls. Yeah, but I uh I didn't really, I, I didn't see that it got that close to his head. I saw, oh, okay, that sucks. He got hit. Wait, the car's still moving. Oh, that car's not, that, that car's not doing well. I think every team had a brief moment of, oh, wait, the car's still moving. <laughs> I think Perez and Botas were pretty done. Per, Perez, well, even Perez drove on for another half lap. Oh, Botas just parked it. <laughs> I think, per, yeah, well, Botas's tires were pointing at each other i think perez had this brief glimmer of hope that he was going to make it to the pit lane and they were going to put his car back together but uh, that got dashed pretty quickly but like leclerc drove on for another hundred yards maybe he made one corner and the car spun around and they're like park it 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 doesn't work i think the other one who just stopped was norris yeah no, Norris made it back around to the pits. Oh, did he? They thought they could fix it, and then they're like, no, never mind, we got to retire this And then they looked thing. at it and just said, no, never, it's, <laughs> not this at all. This is very broken. Yeah, so Valtteri, or as he's become known on Twitter, and I do love it, Terry Bodass has uh, had one of the worst starts I've ever seen. Yeah, it like, didn't go well. From the starting line, <laughs> what was he, P3? Yeah. He would drop back to like sixth before the first corner. Like, he was getting burned by everyone on the track. He was holding people up behind him who were yep. trying to get around him, but there was too much traffic trying to pass him. He did such a shitty job. And so he said, you know what? To hell with this race. And he just slid right on into the back of Norris, who was braking appropriately, unlike Terry Bodass, and ricocheted everyone primarily into the uh, Red Bull cars. It was well done. It was, you know... I'm going to say it. They took us out. It, I, if no, that's no, no, the case, no, no. They took us out. Boatass has a second career in billiards because, because the angles on that shot were amazing. Were pretty fantastic. I got to hand it to him, but he is a professional. He's one of the best drivers in the world. If I was going to say, find a way to take out two cars with your one car, I would ask one of the top, you know, six drivers in the world. <laughs> so I'm just saying launching Norris into Max while simultaneously take like 
bouncing off to go take out Perez was pretty top shelf stuff. It was flawless. Stuff. It was flawless. It was beautiful in a sense. Uh, and we have now established that, uh, according to the FIA, should Red Bull elect next weekend to have Perez just sideswipe both Mercedes cars at once, the penalty is five grid positions on the next race. Well, that certainly I, seems like a penalty worth taking. <laughs> I, I think. I think the uh, the question is 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 it raining and you have a clear reason to say I made a mistake or do you just drive into the side of them? <laughs> I, I trust Perez enough to make it look as unintentional as Bodas did, which is to say not at all, since they went in and looked at his uh, braking time immediately after and they were like, I don't know why he isn't stopping yet. Yeah, <laughs> as they played he, it back in slow-mo with his data all live on the screen. <laughs> He botched it. I think my favorite part of this, and just because I, I think you watched it on delay, but I watched it not only on. Let's let's get this out of the way right at the beginning. Not only did I not watch this live because I was driving back from vacation, when I finally did watch it, which was today, like I definitely watched the first like forty five minutes, and I definitely watched like the last twenty. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of skip through the middle or I was not going to have seen this race in time for this recording. There was only really one thing going on in the middle, so we can talk about that. But I think my favorite part, so I watched it live, is we got the lead up. There's storms because it was sunny in the morning and then they're like, there's storms coming. And like, you know, since all of college football Twitter now watches F1. Indeed. There was a lot of excitement about rain. And then 45 seconds into the race, everybody was pissed who didn't get to really enjoy a rain race ever before. And I was like, when you wish for the shenanigans to happen, you have to know that they're coming for you. But I was wishing for shenanigans like last year's hunger, hungry race. You don't know what shenanigans you're going to get. I know, but don't those, open Pandora's last year box. the shenanigans were hilarious because it was a lot of people spinning out into the grass nowhere near anyone else in fact to the point where you're like what were you even trying to do and then what was it max spun out three times did full 360s when no no one was anywhere near him that's hilarious yeah so but this is the key like this is my favorite part is everybody's like oh this is gonna be so great like rain's coming you know there's questions about the tires and all you could just people were excited and then it happened and you're like oh this is what happens when you root for this. If you're in a front-running team with the first corner, I don't want shit to do with a rain race. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Because you, you know what actually made me really sad? Not as sad as uh, Red Bull getting fucked, but like next tier down sad. Stroll is actually really good in the rain. And I was <laughs> very curious what he was going to be able to pull off in this race. And instead... He almost killed your driver and was out of the race instantly. <laughs> he uh, went for, instead of good in the rain, I'm going to murder Charles Leclerc. <laughs> Leclerc would have had a, let's just put this out there. Leclerc would have had a fucking amazing race if Stroll doesn't take him out right there. Because Hamilton's, no, Hamilton, well, we'll get to that in a minute, takes himself out of this race. Verstappen's out. Perez is out. Wow. Botas is out. Okay, let's play that game with every driver. Max would have had a great race if it was just well, yeah. him and Hamilton and Bottas, Perez, Leclerc, and Norris are all taken out. That's true. But like, we're taking two separate an incidents and yours happened first. Actually, if nothing happens, it's probably just Hamilton for stopping one, two, because they check off. Yeah, and there wasn't a whole lot of passing that was happening on this Hamilton was course. super clear that first corner when that happens. Oh, yeah, he was nowhere near it. I have, let's see. Okay, so we've covered my so, thoughts about uh, Bodas and Mercedes. Who do we get? Do we want to go ahead and sum up who we took out in that first corner? Yeah, yeah. Got- so my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, because I only watched it the one time, is that the order of events was Bodas hit Norris, yep. wh- pushed hit Norris into Max, and then sideswiped Perez. Sideswiped is a nice way to say just plummeted right into the side of Yeah, I'm, in, in Bodas's defense, and I'm not going to say that often or he possibly was a ever again. Point. Yeah, at that point, his tires were no longer functioning. His wheels were no longer doing anything, so he yeah. was going wherever he was going. In an effort to avoid that, 
Leclerc went to the right. Stroll did some craziness over the grass trying to maybe pass him in the middle of this chaos and drove up on top of Leclerc's car, taking both of them out of the race. Yeah, I think one of the things that everybody kind of forgot is Hungary's pretty smooth as a track, which smooth when it gets wet becomes slick. And what actually happened to Stroll is when everybody was hitting the brakes because the boat ass incident was casting parts of Formula One cars across the track. Stroll also kind of forgot to brake. And then when he decided to, he was like, I could go outside or I could go inside. And he went inside and there was another car there. So he was like, I need to go more inside, which was the grass. Which was and the grass. At that, <laughs> the point, grass. at that point, he has obviously made a series of bad decisions. But at that point, that was probably the only correct one is, yeah. I better just get off of this track. <laughs> now, now he is just a passenger. And Leclerc, who has at this point made a great decision to be where he is, and he's clear of it, and he's like, yeah, in second. Um, got, a, got a surprise. Well, yeah, so y- for you and I, our drivers that were involved in this incident actually did only the correct things. <laughs> and well, received- both, both were caught completely unaware of yeah, what and we're was just coming. Totally sideswiped by people who are making a series of bad decisions. The ult- like just ultimate blue, sh- like blue shell. Verstappen got blue shelled. Like, let's be honest, clear. Yes, and then somewhere in there, two cars sort of merged, both from each direction into Danny Ricardo. Yeah, he got. I think he got hit by because he was doing pretty well amidst the chaos. But unfortunately, the second chaos of Leclerc's stroll came trundling across, and I think that's what caught him. And so my first question that I wrote in my notes as I was jotting them down watching this is, how in God's name did Danny Rick's car survive that? I don't know. I watched it and I don't understand. He got hit hard from two directions and he even set and spun out. And he was even like, I don't know what happened. I just got hit really hard. (laughs) I don't know how Verstappen's car was fine. Well, it wasn't fine, fine, but how it still worked how it still functioned i it is amazing to me that his none of his wheels came off you know in open wheel racing an impact like that you sort of just assume somehow one of those wheels is going to get busted off yeah instead it was just you know 40 percent of the body of his car was removed yeah uh, I, and the 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 side pod having a pretty serious crack in it i'm a little shocked they didn't have like chassis problems I'm honestly surprised they didn't that and I don't know what the rules are, but it seemed like there was a point in body damage where the safety of the driver would say you have to retire that car. Yeah, I think the monocoque that protects the the drivers further in towards the center. So I think what was actually cracked probably wasn't a structural element, right? It was just the the side pod, which didn't actually have structural um, any strain through it. So I think that's probably why it was safe. Gotcha. Yeah. So then, you know, it gets yellow flagged and then red flagged. <laughs> it, it Honestly, it took them longer to decide to red flag that than I would have expected, given how many pieces of cars were all over that track. There were cars I like, everywhere. I was like, if you drive one more time around this track, everybody's going to pe- pick up pieces of carbon fiber in every part of their car. Uh, let's be clear. Valtteri just like got out and sat on the tire wall too like they had to remove That's him true. from the he track was just, he was just standing there uh perez was just standing there waiting for a ride uh, a little further down the track he just got out and stood there yeah um, yeah so they red flag it everybody does what they can to put together their cars which for red bull was amazing yeah again. but the, you know there were still clearly pieces of the cars missing <laughs> Yeah, the but, but they did they did probably an hour to two hours worth of work in whatever 15 minutes that was. Yeah. That team can rebuild the shit out of that car. Yeah, I mean, they did what they could. It was... Clear, it was never right. It was again. clear, like, in the next, like, three laps after they restarted, like, every time that he took a turn, the car did a little shimmy. Yeah. And I was like, this car is garbage. He <laughs> had like, just understeer and oversteer. Hit yeah, it all was, the wrong steers. It looks super sketchy, and I was like, I don't feel like this is worth it, guys. But they... the Haas, I mean, you knew it was bad when the Haas was really giving him a hard time. Oh yeah, he couldn't get I past was like, uh, um, Schumacher yeah. for forever. Yeah. The restart was 
interesting <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I gathered what they were saying. That was the funniest shit ever. When Hamilton didn't pit and then all, what was it, 14 other remaining cars did. <laughs> Let's see. Who was at? Okay. There was only five cars out at that point. So 15. Yeah. Yeah. So 14, 14 other cars. Job, yeah. All pit except Hamilton, who takes as blazing a lap as he could on the whatever intermediate rain tire. Yeah. We got a standing start of one car. Yeah. We got a, we got a start of one car. He takes one lap while everyone else pits for various slick tires. Yep. Which seems like an incredibly boneheaded move from Mercedes. Am I Huge. correct? Yeah. Yeah, they Why? claimed... Why? So when they're in the red flag, all the teams went with inners because the track was so wet on the first lap, nobody thought it would be dry enough to do. Now, when they were doing the formation lap, Everybody else decided we should go get dry tires. Mercedes is still saying they made the right choice. Both Hamilton and Total Wolf are claiming they made the right choice. They thought they saw rain on the radar. They thought there was going to be another batch and there was no way it was going to be dry. I think Hamilton was a little nervous about it, but everybody else decided not to. I'm a little, I thought they weren't supposed to be able to use the radio during the, um, formation lap so i don't know how everybody communicated that necessarily um or was it yeah. all driver decisions without it, radio it may have been but in I, which case what the hell why would hamilton not be he's the smartest driver out there i think they were very certain it was going to rain some more uh-huh oh and we we missed that we did lose one more car during this everybody pit <laughs> but yeah pit. no i wanted to talk about that one specifically because it was Hilarious isn't the right word because it was scary, but yeah, Mazepin actually went out of a race for something that was not his fault. And that's completely innocent in this one. Completely innocent in a race ending incident in the pit lane where he was going into pit behind Schumacher. Yep. And Raikkonen just took off. And right into it, right into his right front wheel, and just just like that, it was like a like a fifteen mile an hour incident. Bonk, <laughs> and bonk that tire's done. That car is retired. And I think the best part is Raikkonen went on like nothing had happened and was pissed that they gave him a penalty. Uh huh. Just like the most Raikkonen move, like absolutely doesn't care that anybody else is up there. Uh, in fact, we'll just. Uh, Skip ahead. I'm gonna. I had two. Which driver said this is? Yeah. Today, and I'll go ahead and knock this one out since we're talking about it. Uh, at one point uh, later on down the race, <laughs> Raikkonen was told by his team that he had a 10 second stop start penalty for what do they call it? Unsafe release. Unsafe release. Yeah. yeah. And he said, "So we're fucked again." <laughs> and his his engineer said, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, unfortunately. And to which Raikkonen replied, yeah, but every time we have some chance, something fucking else happens. Jesus. <laughs> it was so beautifully nihilistic and so Kimi Raikkonen. He is possibly becoming my favorite driver in a way. Yeah, I think, I think we might as well have the... Uh... The, the victory lap for enjoying Raikkonen as our favorite driver. <laughs> yeah, he's he's my he's the nihilist Arby's of Formula One. And I love him so much because I could have told you what he was going to say before he said it. And it's exactly what I thought. And it was wonderful. Yeah. So I think my favorite part going back to just the general aura of the race was during that red flag and kind of when they were going back out there. And even I said it and everybody was like, this race is done. Like Hamilton has got this unless something wild happens. And sure enough, they did the wildest, dumbest thing they could. They made it as hard as possible. It as was they... so his race. There was nothing. I mean, he had like Russell and Latifi like behind him. Yeah, who are going to do nothing but slow down the people further back. Well, Latifi did a great job at that. We should give him credit. <laughs> right. I, In that sense, I guess I appreciate Lewis Hamilton doing something stupid for once. Second time this year. What's uh, second time? Yeah, the other Remember one. Remember Baku when he drove straight I off? <laughs> I I don't know if that's stupidness necessarily so much as like, oh, 
I've hit the wrong button on the steering wheel while turning before. I, I guess I can get how that would happen. <laughs> Memory, what the hell does this do? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he went from first to last after the safety car res- or the safety or red fly restart. So that was cool. Real quick, since we're talking about it in the moment, I want to bring up the under investigation question for this week. Yeah. Which is a genuine question I had. In the event that 14 cars decide to pit at once, how is it determined who's allowed to go out when? Uh, What do you mean? Well, like, they all pit, and then they all leave. And Mm -hmm. Russell was told by the FIA, he came out in second, I think. Yeah. And he was told by the FIA to give up seven positions because he had passed in the pit lane. And he and he did. What is what is the rule about who gets to come out when? Why was he not allowed to do that? This is a legit. I don't know. I didn't even really see what happened. I saw Russell was out at like second, and then like suddenly he was in seventh, and I was like, "What? What happened to him?" And I went back and I actually rewound it to see what happened, and they just said that the FIA had told him he couldn't do that, and so he gave the positions back up. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. All right, an under investigation where I stumped you. That's only twice in the history of this podcast. No clue what happened. They on said that. that, and I was like, okay, I guess I understand that, but what is the rule? Who was allowed to go out when? The only thing I can think is it has something to do with the first driver in each team in the lineup because, like, Mercedes said that had they pitted Hamilton, he would have come out sixth. And I was like, he would have been the first car in. What does that even mean? I don't understand. (laughs) I don't know if it has to do with the pit lane, the the pit order, and basically the first car from each team that hits the pit, and that's the order they have to release in because it's every car at once and they don't want... I mean, there has to be some sort of rule because it would have been mass chaos. Yeah, because the unsafe releases, right? Yeah, it already was chaos. I mean, at least um, one driver got... Got DNF'd because of the madness in the pit lane. Yeah, I'm going to actually have to look that up because I don't know why that was and I meant to do it today and I got busy. Yeah, because that was weird. It has to have some, because it's not during any racing event, right? It's it's on the formation lap. So they're going to be starting the race, essentially. It would be the same thing as a formation lap before the race. They're going to start from pit lane. It must have something to do with the order of the pit the order that they come in right no not the order that they come in because then that would mean hamilton would have been first gotcha and they said he would have come out six so honestly i don't know because i would have thought it's the order they come in you can't move up but that was clearly not the case yeah that's confusing and somehow latifi was third so it was there anything better than when they showed (laughs) the raikkonen mazepin incident from over the shoulder of What's the Haas manager's name? Gunther Steiner. Gunther Steiner. Looking <laughs> and, back. And he's like five feet away from it when it happens. And just the like the hand gestures that he makes. It, you can't hear him, but he's obviously saying, what the fuck? He's uh, And he spent all weekend complaining about they can't have any more big wrecks because it's costing because them too much money. Because they can't afford it. Yeah. And then they get just blasted out of the just blasted right out of the race by somebody else. Speaking of not being able to afford more big wrecks, the reason this is a masterstroke by Mercedes to take out the Red Bulls is we are going to run up against budget limits soon. Oh, and you're already also on the third engine for both cars. Right. So Well, I haven't I haven't heard Checo's confirmed, but Max will be on his third engine. Well, Checo said in an interview that the engine was almost- toast. Yeah, they said it's almost certain. They haven't confirmed it, but I, I'm pretty sure it's dead. So they changed Max's. Which actually, I didn't understand why Max didn't get a penalty. I didn't know that you could actually change the engine for the same spec engine between qualifying and the race start and not get penalized. Yeah, I don't know how. If that Max works. had been penalized, maybe he wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I guess what I'm getting at, though, is that if we hit a point where Red Bull basically can no longer afford to finish the season competitively, Let's I pay think the penalties. Yeah, just send out Perez as a heat-seeking missile and just take out Mercedes because fuck it. <laughs> it's a five-grid penalty. Make it so they can't afford it either. Yeah, at some point it's just, uh, I think it's just cost. It, I don't know how the penalties work, but I don't think it's performance. So I think Red Bull can sort it out. 
it may hurt him next year. I understand that uh, the penalties are not supposed to be based on the effect that it creates for the other teams. Yep. And so all I'm saying is take advantage of that and just damage the other teams. <laughs> if yeah. that's going to be the rule. You could. Give, well, them, a, the give dis- them a reason to change that rule next year. We had the discussion about... Uh, well, see, all the teams don't want the damage, except for Ferrari now wants teams to suddenly pay for damage. So Ferrari, yeah, Ferrari. is quite wealthy. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like, first, you poor should pay me for what you've done to my vehicle. <laughs> that is there's, that is such a Ferrari driver thing to think, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, what have you done to my beautiful car? And you should pay me for this. Like, you're the richest team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've talked about Red Bull and Mercedes. We've gotten to this, the red restart. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have to go beat for beat through the whole race. Um, I think because we've covered the most exciting part. Yeah, the only cool part was because Ocon and Vettel were first and second after the pit, which was delightful, by the way. Latifi was in third, which is the wildest thing. Latifi was the biggest sale applied to the rest of the field Mm -hmm. that could be put up there. It was excellent. You can't pass at Hungary, and I think the Williams has gotten just better enough that it's not awful and he just it's as it is as not awful as we've seen it yes oh and he had yuki sonoda behind him Mm -hmm. who is in a pretty good car but is not good enough to pass it like to make that extra special move to pass him so those two were basically just keeping the whole field held back for what i thought might be max but his car was damaged and uh hamilton yeah i mean max's car was not able to do anything max I'm, I'm after watching about halfway through i you know at the halfway point of that race i felt like it was remarkable that he finished in the points and i think it was just because pitting worked out in his favor because he couldn't pass jack shit. Well, he had he had a Haas behind him, a very broken McLaren, Kimi Raikkonen, who had a penalty. And I don't know what happened to Giovinazzi all race. As usual, I, I am unaware of Giovinazzi's <laughs> actions during the race. I know the man would have been 15th in qualifying again, except for signs wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> the dude is consistent. In this race, freaking, he would have been 15th again, except for 13 cars finished. <laughs> Well, 14 finished, 13 legally finished. <laughs> the man is the 15th driver on the grid. Hey, why was Vettel DQ'd? Oh, man. Yeah, so we didn't even get to that. Vettel and Ocon had a great race to the end. Vettel came in second. Great race for him. And he got DQ'd on a um, legality question. He did not. So at, the, at any point during a race weekend, if the FIA asks, you have to submit one liter worth of fuel from the car. Now, they, they ask, like, after qualifying or after the race, obviously, because that's when you're going to have the least amount of fuel. And uh, apparently the whole Aston Martin team, like, checked out because it was summer break and flew back to uh, the UK. And so, like, basically some of the mechanics were still behind and the team principal, who doesn't exactly know how the car is built, and uh, they couldn't figure out how to get enough fuel out. That's what they're saying right now. What? Yeah, so they only got 0.3 liters out. They claimed their model shows they have 1.44 liters in, still in there after the 0.3 came out. So they had 1.74 left over. That means that... They couldn't figure out how to get the fuel out of the car. Yeah, you need a, you need a special fuel pump to basically pump it back out. And sure. the, the claim is that that lift pump, for the, the fuel lift pump for that, broke that's what they're trying to claim or they don't know that it's working properly but they couldn't replace it because they didn't have the right engineers there yada 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 they're appealing this what whatever it is so this is the grounds for their appeal but uh they only produce 0.3 liters of fuel for sampling and the fia absolutely doesn't tolerate that um and so you got dq fuck yeah it's not a this is the second time it's actually vettel's been dq'd from a session for it he and Hamilton both got disqualified in like 2012 in qualifying for not being able to uh, produce a leader. So yeah, this is it it's weird a, as a Red Bull fan that that is now the thing that has made me the most angry about this race. What? No, I mean, 
it sucks. He did a great job. He did a great job. And he had a great race. And his team was delighted. The team is acting like, well, right, they're saying that obviously they didn't do anything wrong, but they got on the radio as soon as the race was over and said, pick up, A, pick up as much debris as you can on the tires to get the weight up because they were worried the car would weigh too little without the fuel. And then they told him to park the car right where he was because they didn't think they'd have enough fuel to make it back around and meet the spec. That's why he ended up getting flagged because he parked the car on the backside of the track and walked back. Huh. Like they got on the radio and said, so it is a little sketchy, is what you're saying. Yeah, and so the real sketchy part that's going to be difficult is they couldn't they couldn't piss test his car. Basically, he got DQ'd. Yeah, but the concern is is not that they couldn't piss test their model. They're claiming says it has 1.74 liters. It has 0.3 liters. So did you gain some advantage by burning extra fuel through the race that maybe the fuel flow meter didn't pick up? Most notably, Ferrari has made everybody extra sensitive to this, right? So <laughs> Whatever do you one, mean? One hand, maybe their fuel can't be tested, and so it's out of spec. So that's kind of the issue there. Two, if you can't, if you suddenly have this big discrepancy in the amount of fuel you're saying you have, that's also going to raise questions. So yeah, they're going to have to basically, the car got sealed up by the FIA and sent to France so that they can appeal it with their engineers and try to pull more fuel out of that car. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, it's amazing. So they basically put tape all over the car and say, like, nobody can touch it. They put it on a truck to France. And then since everybody's supposed to be on break, several engineers will, instead of getting to do their holiday, go to France to help try to get 0.7 liters of fuel out of this car. And if they get 0.7 liters of fuel out of the car and it all checks out fine. Second place. He'll get second place. Otherwise, he gets nothing. Correct. Wow. DQ'd. Yeah. What is this? Is one of those rules? Okay. So are they <laughs> are they just testing the fuel to make sure it exists, or are they testing it to make sure there's not some funny business in it? It's that latter, right? Because so the fuel is fuel's not even spec fuel, right? So Shell provides Ferrari fuel. Mobile provides fuel for. You can use um, whatever you want. Yeah. So Mobile's providing. So what fuel do they Red care Bull. if you've got no, 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 no goat urine and stuff in it? <laughs> The fuel has to be to spec and the fuel has to be submitted to the FIA for testing well before it's used in a race. Mm-hmm. So what they're looking for is, are you doing some little uh, sleight of hand shadiness with the fuel that you're actually using in the car during race day? <laughs> Dude, that's the, the funny thing. thing is, this- is, the funny thing about this it, to me is that if they are doing some funny business with their fuel, I promise you Stroll has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Seb would know. Seb would know. Seb would. Seb and would I bet like, you have Stroll the specs has memorized. absolutely no idea that his dad is juicing the car and just to make him feel better. They, they, yeah, they're they're rubbing. What was that horse that got DQ'd from the Kentucky Derby? For, yes, it's the same thing. They put steroids in his in his Formula One car. Yeah, but um, yeah, you're a doctor of chemistry. What did they put in there that would make it better? Uh, they'd probably just change either detergent package or they might add something that burns a little cleaner, like a uh, higher methanol or something like that, that uh, gives you a little bit of horsepower boost. I don't know. They'd probably just be changing the energy density of the fuel that was in there. Um, I regret asking already. It's like it's like Ferrari. One of the things they thought Ferrari might have been doing was not actually pumping extra fuel into the engine, but was intentionally leaking oil past the cylinder head to burn up oil to get a little bit of extra horsepower out of that. Huh. Yeah, there's all kinds of little tricky shit you can do with fuel to get a little bit of extra power. And with how like fast those engines burn, right? And you know, a little bit of extra fuel here or there. Like we're talking mill, not even milliliters. You know, t- across a whole race, not even a liter, maybe. As an SEC football fan, I gotta say, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah, that's the thing. Is people were mad about this. I'm like, it's twofold. the The sport is fun because it's so technologically advanced. To keep the sport even halfway reined in, literally everything has to be tested. <laughs> to keep the sport reined in, they have to stop technical technological advances. Basically, yeah, because the technological advances are too good at some point. Man, that's fantastic. That sucks for Seb, though. It does. He w- he did a great job. He was very complimentary of Ocon. They had a, a hell of a race. It was a great result for him, and, and it sucks, but... We'll see if it gets restored. If they can pull the extra fuel out, then no harm, no foul. But if they're really 1.4 liters light, they need to figure out what the hell happened. Yeah. 
for Ferrari, sorry to hear that Leclerc did not make the race. I understand. And sorry to see that Sainz didn't get third. He, he did. Was, did he get third? Well, okay, he did because <laughs> of the DQ. Yeah. But like, ah, oh, he was so close. He was. <laughs> I felt really bad for him because you could tell that he, there was just nothing he could do about it. He knew the tires were gone, and he was, I think he was on the radio earlier when he was in front of Hamilton, like, he's going to pit and completely screw us over. Like, he was trying to tell them, like, we need to pit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ferrari's right. The whole race, I think you missed it. At one point, they told him to come in, and he yelled at them, like, no. Yes, I and did it was hear like, that part. Signs versus Ferrari strategy was maybe my favorite thing, because he was right. Latifi and Sonoda got out of the way, and he, like, clawed back a bunch of time. Sucks for him, but there's not a lot you're going to do with Lewis Hamilton and fresh tires. and Still good points. It was solid for the team. McLaren, our golden boy, Lando, obviously, through no fault of his own, was immediately removed from the race. That I told sucks. you that heat check was coming. It's true, but I don't think that's quite what you meant. No. And I don't then think Ricard- by heat check you meant that uh, a rogue agent was just going to remove him from the race. Punted. And Ricardo was still not very good. Alpine had a beautiful race. Yeah, congrats to Ocon for winning. Alonso, congrats to Alonso for being a crafty veteran and and fucking with Hamilton for just long enough. Yeah, had he not held, because I think Hamilton had a shot to pass him like as soon as he caught up, but Kimi Raikkonen coming out of the pits <laughs> just like put the car right in the middle of the track. That's and, my boy, Kimi. You do you, man. And then from there, Alonso, you know, he's really really good for a reason and managed to make hamilton try a bunch of different ways to get around him and that definitely kept hamilton from winning alpha tori i mean good points but good points would they all have been there had the other cars been there it's hard to say gasly still would have gotten points sonoda wouldn't have sonoda probably would dude's qualifying 16th every weekend like he was r- racing really well for a little while there. He was fourth because Latifi, like Latifi, was in front of him. So that's all you need to know is like the order was just completely randomized at that point. Right. But uh, yeah. Aston Martin, where I think we've covered at length. Alfa Romeo. There's the Kimi Raikkonen situation. He still got a point. He like, still what got the a hell? point. Uh, good for him. Uh, Giovinazzi, I am told, was there. Yeah. Uh, Williams. Had a great Banner race weekend. for a while. Banner <laughs> you, weekend, man. Well, they got yeah, like 10 points. Got, yes, they both got points. It helps when there's only 13 cars. But Dude, they, there's been 13 cars and them not get points. That's so true. <laughs> they've got 10 points now. They're like well clear of the other bottom teams. Yes, they have established themselves as the best of the worst. And as we expected, Latifi's the obvious team lead. Yeah. Six points yeah. to Russell's four. I mean, I don't know how that's true, but it is because Mercedes. George Russell was born under a full moon and, the, and he's just doomed. Mercedes, <laughs> just doomed. make the phone call. You know who you want. Yes, make the phone call because fuck Terry. Um, so uh, did you hear Russell during the race tell the team I did to compromise his race for Latifi, if that's what it took? And that very much smacks of... I already know where I'm going to be driving next year. Yeah, I'm only working for you guys for like another few weeks. So I'm, I'm happy to do whatever it is that y'all need. I don't work here anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like when you put in your two-week notice and people are like, hey, can you do this project real quick? And you're like, sure, whatever. And you, Yeah, you man, know. I'm going to make it easy for you guys. I like y'all. <laughs> All of a sudden, I have good feelings about y'all because I'm leaving. I'm going to miss you guys. And then Haas... Obviously, there was the whole Mazepin thing, which is funny. Schumacher did good. Schumacher did good. He had a really solid race. Bat, he it kind of fell apart at the end, but he was doing really well at the middle of the race. That car is awful, and he's not very experienced. But it's yeah, a, it's I a mean, bad car. He he gave it pretty well to Max. Max didn't like that. <laughs> well, he yeah. maxed Max, and Max didn't like that. So yeah. Um, I mean, there's only so much that car was going to do. I imagine that was intensely frustrating all day. Oh, I'm sure it was intensely frustrating. It was just interesting (laughs) to see Mick have a shot, even with a severely handicapped opponent, to race them. So I have an important question for you. Yes. Who was your driver of the week? 
This is a complicated question this week. I think this is the hardest week to pick a driver of the week. No, (laughs) you son of a bitch. I will drive to Houston and throttle you. (laughs) I want to say it's, I want to say it's Alpine in some sense, and it's probably Ocon, but because he was flawless the whole race and Vettel really did try to get around him. He was completely lucky to be in first place. Like, like I said, that was a randomized order, but he didn't screw it up when he was he there. He did not screw it up. He Alonso, drove a beautiful race. In Alonso also won that race for him. Right. So who's and your driver of the week? You got to pick a driver. This is not Alonso? team of the week. I'll say Alonso. I'm going to say Alonso too. He kept Hamilton back for a while. He did, and he did it in a sh- in a bad car. But he did it with all of his his crafty little veteran tricks and just being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, but I think that I think the car's a little bit better than everybody gives it credit for because they're still developing it. I think they just quit after a spa, so they're still shipping parts for it. Um, I didn't think they were at all, but it, they I saw two weeks ago they're like, yeah, we still have a few more parts coming in. I'm like, oh, you're still working on this car. Um, <laughs> Good for you. So we're both gonna pick Alonzo. Yeah, I will say we said Ocon got us to like six and seven as the new hire coach that we gave an extension to. Dude just won a a conference championship. Maybe half the teams were out. Dude just won like a high level bowl, but not New Year's six. Are you saying he got to a high level bowl from some freak circumstances like a COVID year? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I just irritated a lot of folks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh not that high level not new year six <laughs> yeah saying, we said not new year six that yeah. was a very clear caveat he just he won himself what a cotton bowl is the cotton bowl new year six yeah, yeah sure I no don't i don't know Shit. that's I, all we need to know is that whether he said we're back at the end of it i guess <laughs> so let's i want to come back to Ephanon because <laughs> we have a lot to talk about We've already done in under investigation, so we'll real quick. I want to ask you which driver said this. So I already already uh, used up my Kimi Raikkonen one. Everything else is extremely obvious in this race. Who said what? But I liked this one anyway, so we'll throw it out there, even though it's kind of a gimme. The which driver said this? What a legend! What a legend! Man of the day. Was that Vettel talking about Ocon? That was or, Ocon talking about Alonso. Ah, uh, that's probably fair. Yeah. Everybody was being nice to each other after this. Well, yeah, they. I mean, his they were his team was congratulating him on the win, and he said, "Did Alonso get third? They said, "No, he got fifth. Uh, but he's and his his race manager said. Uh, he is the reason that you won. He held up Hamilton for a very long time, to which Ocon resp- responded, what a legend, what a legend, man of the day. Everybody was pretty nice. Pretty cool moment. It was. Battle was nice to Ocon. Ocon was nice to Alonzo. Alonzo was super nice to Ocon. Everybody, it was like a shared trauma. Like yeah. Everybody got through the Hungarian <laughs> Grand Prix and was like just being nice. I think Ocon and Alonzo hugged at the end of the race. It was really charming. <laughs> Except for all those guys in red who fucking hate everyone else. <laughs> red on our sheet means they didn't finish. Yeah, just so everybody. <laughs> yes, we have we have a sheet of DNFs are in red. And we had to create a new category, which is purple. Which is disqualified after finishing. <laughs> Congrats, Seb. We had to change our Google sheet for you. So let's talk Ephanon. Because obviously talk many things happened here. But it's what, kind of a counter narrative, though. What really happened and what has changed? You know, a little while back, right? We've had Botas that's been taking down, you know, the Mercedes Death Star from inside, right? Mm-hmm. He's shipping the plans out. But a few weeks ago, remember, he got he turned back in. He maybe yeah. he was a double agent. Maybe it's not even like maybe it's not even Botas. Maybe it's just some kind of clone Botas. Oh Don't my know. god. Yeah, maybe it's a clone. Maybe it's a clone. Maybe he's been like tried at Guantanamo, right, or whatever. Now it's a clone. Clone Botas is <laughs> wait, definitely. So wait, in... where is real Botas? Uh, who knows, man? I think Guantanamo is a legit possibility. He's in Reykjavik. He's in Reykjavik. 
Just I couldn't <laughs> think of a Finnish city, so I said an Icelandic. I know, but Reykjavik is the kind of place I could see him hanging out in some underground me- death metal club. He and Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland are hanging out in Reykjavik. And honestly, uh, he spends most of his weekends with Kimi Raikkonen, because that's where Raikkonen goes anyway. Raikkonen doesn't hang out with anybody. <laughs> that's true. In fact, I'm going to say that perhaps at this point, maybe Raikkonen is the rogue agent with no... Uh, ties that seems a little on the nose since his very personality is, is is that of a man with no emotional attachment to anyone or anything but he has no agenda at any point in time other than what's happening at that moment pure agent of chaos absolutely no agenda beyond what's directly in front of his face it's like schrodinger's ad- agenda if you like know the agenda it's actually different right if, once if you observe it <laughs> You don't know he has an agenda until you can observe it. And and at that point, because you've observed it, you've influenced change on the agenda. Therefore, the agenda is different. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Botas is obviously working for the Death Star now because. Yeah, it turns out that that Red Bull and Ferrari have been double crossed. They well, they yeah. thought they had an agent on the inside. It turns out he was a double agent. He's been working for Mercedes this whole time. And they are not pretending anymore that he's on their side. Yeah, maybe Leclerc and Sainz are doing something different because Sainz is still coming out okay in this. And it seems like Leclerc is getting... Yeah, so what happened there? Why why is Leclerc being targeted, but Sainz is considered okay? I think Sainz is just the clear second driver. Leclerc is the poster child for Ferrari. So you think it's that surface level? Yeah, I think it's that surface level. I think Le- they're trying to send a message to get Leclerc out of there. Who knows what Sainz is doing? He was a McLaren driver last year. He hadn't proven himself. Okay, so what if this is the case? Let me take this 10 levels deeper. We had been running under the assumption that the whole thing was a plot by Ferrari to team up with Red Bull to take out Mercedes. Yes. We've already seen one double cross. What if the double cross goes deeper than that? What if Ferrari has actually teamed up with Mercedes to take Red Bull down to get them back into second? Yes. And it turns out that the actual golden boy at Ferrari is signs it was never Leclerc. Leclerc could also just be completely innocent in this, because I did forget Stroll was the one that removed him from this. Well, no, here's the thing. Leclerc, I believe, in terms of Ephanon, is the only innocent party in all of F1. And he (laughs) is also the only one. He's the only one that doesn't listen to this podcast. He has no idea this is all happening. He's just playing piano. Yeah, he's just hanging out. He is an unfortunate and very pleasant... uh, He's too pure. He's too pure. Cherubic-like pawn. (laughs) He's too pure for this. He's being destroyed just because of his... He's too beautiful to live, Sean. (laughs) 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 They're all all the Joker out there just wanting to burn something because it was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Leclerc is that thing. This is like the side Ephanon is just the whole sport against the Leclerc. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out they all get together. Max was even in on this. (laughs) Uh, Max might want to actually see Leclerc dead. That's probably true. The only other person who has no idea what's going on, ironically, is Stroll. (laughs) (laughs) Dad just told me to drive the car, man. I don't know what happened. Honestly, if we were to really look at this, that's the only truth I could genuinely believe about all of Ephanon is that Stroll is the only person who has no idea what's happening. (laughs) Dad just got me a car, man. Like, I don't know. Every time he does anything, he's like, oh... Sorry, guys. I'm upside down. <laughs> I'm upside down again. Dad. <laughs> so uh, it, at the top level, I think this double cross by Ferrari, it, it's in Ferrari's best interest because they wanted to knock Mercedes down a little bit to get Red Bull involved. Now Red Bull and Mercedes are fighting. Red Bull is actually getting pretty good. So what do you do? You double cross them. You work with Mercedes, knock Red Bull down a peg, make them work the rest of the year. What do you do? We're going to blow up both their budget caps by destroying all of their cars. And then, boom, slide right into first when the new cars come out. 2022. New cars. Guess who had extra money? Ferrari back on top forever. Everybody blew their money fixing their broken ass cars. Ferrari's on top forever. (laughs) Son of a bitch. So it really was your team all along. Oh, obviously it's my team. It's Ferrari International Assistance. That's what FIA stands for. (laughs) So now you and I are mortal enemies is what you're telling me. 
you and I were always mortal enemies. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'm the Leclerc of this podcast, and I had no idea what was going <laughs> you on. You picked all. Max. I had already had Leclerc. You chose to be the enemy. I'm too beautiful to live, Sean. <laughs> um, on a more serious, not effinant note, it seems like this to me. And, and keep in mind, I'm an Aggie football fan, so this is my default position. Oh, no. It seems to me like Red Bull's chances this year are not toast, but unlikely now. No, no. I, it sucks because it felt really dominant two races ago, right? What, no, Racing's it, a bitch. It, like, it sucks, and I get that this is a lot of bad luck, honestly. But I mean, from a like, hey, we're running out of engines and money yeah, perspective, like it seems like the, it is entirely possible that it's all the bottom's just going to fall out of it d- due to no fault of their own. Just, hey, we wrecked too many cars and now we're screwed. Yeah, but uh, to play devil's advocate a little bit, right? Mercedes absolutely. Who's the devil in this case? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> uh, Perez? I think, uh, I think it's Ferrari. <laughs> I think no, it's Fred's actually good. signs. It's probably Sonoda because he's just shouting at us. <laughs> um, what if, oh my God, what if Sonoda is the real kingpin behind all this of this? This is the Honda double cross because he's Honda's pissed about. Hide r- in plain sight. The greatest trick Sonoda ever pulled was convincing us that he sucked at driving. Honda's like, we're pulling out of the <laughs> sport. We don't want Red Bull to be good. They send in their their Honda driver to go destroy Red Bull. Very much from the inside. Very extremely much from the inside. Damn. So, you know, Mercedes has absolutely obliterated one car, right? At Imola when uh, Russell and yeah, Botas. Yeah, when Botas really. So they've had a very expensive crash. So so you put them on par. Now, Verstappen, we've had the cost, right? There's a little bit more to the Red Bull side, but they're both spending money. The The engine thing sucks, but... If they're smart about it, they'll use the fourth engine at a track they know you can pass at. So what they'll do is they'll send Max out to go qualify, you know, first. He'll take the 10 grid penalty for getting the fourth power unit. He'll start 11th. He'll end up finishing second or third that race. They can mitigate these problems pretty well. Is it as easy as it was two races ago? No. But racing's also like a huge pain in the ass in the sense that there are night, you know, you can screw yourself in other sports, right? You can screw your own team or things don't break your way. But there are in this sport 19 other people that can absolutely fuck your day for no reason at all, right? Yeah, they're all named Terry Botas. Well, yes. The last year it was Leclerc at one point and Strolls at many points and Mazepin for like half the first half of the season. <laughs> um, but 11 races have elapsed. It feels like we've been doing this podcast forever this season. There's still 12 races to go. God, we're not even halfway through this season, are we? So, yeah, they Jesus. chewed up. <laughs> they so, chewed. There's so That's so much editing, Sean. <laughs> that's so much to do. We're going to just have to start submitting them unedited. They just catch <laughs> no, all the likes. No, we will and, absolutely oh. not do that. I cannot subject our listeners to the amount of throat clearing that I do and the amount of water gulping that you do. <laughs> <laughs> it is sonically unpleasant. <laughs> Sorry, folks. It's gonna be uh, no. They, they have no idea. I edited all that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> it's no. It got tighter, and where you're gonna see it get harder is the psychological factor, the pressure on the two teams. Mercedes is super used to winning these. Uh huh. And they are again. Well, not this one, but this one was a little crazy. Yeah, but they they aren't unaccustomed to in the past seasons they, where they've won someone challenging them up to the summer break, and then they just kind of pull away late, right? They end up boat racing them through the end of the year. But Red Bull is kind of in a new spot, right? I mean, it might actually be better psychologically for them to be down because they're the, the hunter again, not the hunted. But um, you it'll be interesting to see if you see some cracks form, right? You can tell Max is frustrated, although Max may be one of the best drivers at just completely resetting. After I was going to say, given what happened, if you listen, he resets to, well. I listened to a lot of his driver radio looking for my which driver said this, and he was surprisingly chill about the whole second half of this race, given how unbelievably frustrating, frustrating that car yeah. must have been to drive. Yeah. Like he was, 
kind of just like, yeah, you know, we'll get what we can. To be honest, <laughs> Horner is the one that's showing more stress. Oh, yeah, but I feel like that's just who he is. It may be, but, you know. It's also a role that he has to play. Yeah, no, that, that's true. A, little, He's just, a certain amount of being a Formula One uh, team manager is theatrics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's just, does that, does that you know, bleed from theatrics to, to into the performance of the, of the team late? I, I don't think it's waiting. I think you're still probably the most likely to win because on an even track, the last data we have is that the Red Bull is at least as faster, faster. Maybe the last two races, the Mercedes was actually faster, right? Because we saw both qualifying sessions, they came out ahead. Mm-hmm. But it's still very, very close. I wouldn't read anyway. That's very much the Aggie in you talking. <laughs> that was a long way to get back around to that. But <laughs> okay, I forgot I even said that. No, I think that uh, Christian Horner and Toto Wolf are like uh, Pacino and De Niro in Heat. Yeah, You know, just sort of like there's a certain amount of chewing the scenery that you have to do just because they're out there and they're enjoyable to watch. Yeah, they had to. I think they're both a little miffed at each other for the appeal, but Eh, that's all just part of the game. That was pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. So we are coming up on summer break, like you said. We have three weeks until the next race or four? Four. Four weeks. Yeah, it's on the 29th. Let me ask you a question that I'm going to edit out depending on what you answer. Are we doing a mid-break episode? We might, or I thought about doing one of those, uh, doing something if we can set up a live thing or see if people just want to chit-chat. Is there a ra- is there a motorsport event that happens in two weeks that is not Formula One that we should cover? Uh, I think Obama's in September. What about NASCAR? Uh, pff, I don't know anything about NASCAR. We'll have to invite Jay. It'll be no, it'll be beautiful. We'll do exactly that. We'll get Jay on here. Yeah, we'll just start have Jay come in and talk about NASCAR. How great I'm would that, that be? I don't know I'm what sure Jay'd love to. Hang on one second. I'm gonna look up the NASCAR schedule. Oh, uh, they are definitely racing. They race like every weekend. Do they really? Yeah. That seems like a nightmare. August 14th at Indianapolis. That'd be neat. That seems like something we could cover. Yeah, but there's a ton of stuff. Like there's a ton of NASCAR stuff, so I think we can we can get through that one pretty well. That would be fun. You could be the idiot. I can also be the idiot. <laughs> and then Jay could be the expert. We'll just make jokes. Yeah, that's my role. <laughs> All right, I'm going to consider that. Anyway, 4 weeks. 4 weeks, my favorite track. We yeah, I was gonna say this is a track that I know is your favorite because you bring it up a lot. <laughs> yeah, I love Spa. I've I've driven a car on Spa, so yeah. I've driven a car on Spa. He said while stretching and yawning a little bit. Oh, you know, <laughs> yawning, just, it, yawning in my garage. <laughs> I was just you know, I, I took the Benz around Spa once. It was, it no was a Benz. Deal. Yeah, I know it was a Benz. You mentioned it before. <laughs> yeah, I have I have a big. Di- Big wood cut out of spa on my office wall, actually. <laughs> you have big wood for spa. I know you do. Yes. <laughs> Good editing will be, will be great for that. Oh, I'm just going to leave it exactly big how wood you said it. <laughs> dropped cut out. And <laughs> just takes one little snip. Um, yeah, but no, spa is a great track. It's super fast. It's beautiful. Um, there's a lot of passing. There's a lot of really great places for some cool passes, not just, you know, DRS. Um through you know the same drs in a turn one that you get out a lot of races there's a bunch of clever areas to pass um it'll be a real good race sweet okay well i think we'll just leave it there right do we have anything else to talk about no okay everybody enjoy the break everybody enjoy the break if we decide to do something uh during the break and i don't know what that might be and let's be clear it may be nothing but if we do something, you will find out by following us at FNG1Pod on Twitter. That is how we communicate most of our things. Yes. So go ahead and follow us there. We'll let you know if something's coming up, if we decide to do some sort of break episode, or Sean has talked about a live Twitter spaces thing, or who knows, maybe we'll watch a NASCAR race. We will let y'all know there, so go ahead and follow us. Uh, Thanks again to Chris King for our theme music. The song is Cat Mountain Drive off the album Gold Pulls. Go ahead and find him at Artificial Chris on Twitter. 
download all of his stuff because he's awesome. And we will see you guys in four weeks, if not sooner. So thanks for listening, and we will see you then. Later, folks. Bye. Don't know that I've ever seen a NASCAR race. I, yeah. I can name you two drivers from 10 years ago, and they might still be doing it. Is Jimmy Johnson still a guy? No, he's doing Indy. What about um, Kyle Busch? Kyle Larson? Is there still an Earnhardt? No. Bubba Wallace, Martin Truex Jr. No, now you're just making things up. No, that one's real. Zachariah Thumper. <laughs> Bobby Jetson. <laughs> Jeffrey Bojangle. <laughs> now we're just being offensive. <laughs> Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> I don't know if you can be racist to NASCAR fans, but I think we are right now. <laughs> we get canceled by the South. Like, I want to go to dinner with Crofty. David Croft. David Croft. We would have nothing nothing to talk about. I'm sure you could talk about stuff. I, you know what I would talk to him about? Ethanon. Ethanon. <laughs> As though it was absolutely true. <laughs> and just watch his face and just sink into depression. <laughs> As he orders like a fifth scotch. <laughs> what is this American guy talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Americans. This is why you can't watch our sport.